Here we are at Industry Tactics. Welcome back, kids. Lots of things to learn on this uh, on this lesson. On this lesson, so I brought with me the Harmonizer 4000. Just going to turn it on here. And what you'll notice now is we'll be speaking with Krista Muir about her time tiring in Europe. I'm going to turn it up now. I had to shut that down. It's running low on batteries. Anyway, here she is now, boys and girls. Hope you enjoy our talk. This is Krista Muir. Who's uh, industry tactics? Listen, oh, listen. Tactics. Someone's feeding back, eh? Who's hot? That's, that's yeah. you. So, see that? Who's you see hot? the way she used this? the word hot? Me? Hot? It was hot. Yeah. So yeah. How are your ears? They're they're a little foggy. Good. Ah! good. That was a bit loud. Really? Good term though. Good term. Hot. Down. Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. There we go. That's, that's nice. Good. That's nice. Okay, and so. Hot. Mike. And oh, so we're landing. I need no cool banana. What? No, it's good. I need good. you to come a little bit. Oh, sorry. I'm just being a loungy. Yeah, no, she's in I'm the just industry. I'm being a leisure suit Larry in the land of the lounge lizards. Oh, my remember God. That one? I do remember leisure suit Larry. I learned a lot playing that, that video game. I learned that boobies were pixels. And yes. That, um, yes. You can't get into a cab without getting run over over and over again outside that damn bar. I could I used get past to out perv that game every fucking uh-uh. time. Which really had, it was concerning, but... That was yeah. a very kinky game. For it was! Time. Everyone was like, it's so saucy, oh my god. Don't let your parents come in and see you playing it. It's like... Uh, yeah, four, four pixels. Yeah, like. they're all like... <laughs> <laughs> the sexy cleavage is like two black pixels down the woman here, and then... Oh, so hot, yeah, so hot, so weird. hot. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Leisure Suit Laurie. There was this hilarious video game. What, like 80, computer, maybe 1980? Computer video game? Yeah. Computer oh, you know game. what? My friend has told me about that. Leisure that Suit Larry, yeah. You can yeah. visit it online as, as the, all the old video games. You can like oh, put yeah. in like Burger Time and the find oh, it. Burger and you can Time. Play Burger Time. The fried egg walking yeah. at you. Yeah. Fucking pickles, love that, and you're like, man. Ah, you gotta make burgers. Now everybody's putting their eggs on their burgers, but back now then it's like it was kale like a, time. Yeah, exactly. Bean, tempeh time. Bean, tempeh bean time. and tempeh time. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. Good. Farty Good fart games. time. Exactly. <laughs> Let's all fart the game. Sorry. <laughs> I'll start. Hang on. Hang, hang tight. Wait. Oh. I could never That's do that. Good. Yeah. I, can, I, can I have do this such one a good. Either. Check this out. So you heard it earlier, right? What well, that would yeah. Check it out. And you put it. In Hang on, the, just just just. I just want to note that that's being made with two hands cupped together. Yeah. Now you put those two hands cupped together into the ass, which is the actual Area. resonator. Right. Listen to this. The realism. <gasps> is that not fucking a good? That's a total <laughs> granny fart. Thanks. Didn't that was great. Did, don't you do that around the kids at, all, all over the and place. they yeah. freak out yeah. and you don't you just deadpan it right? You got to deadpan it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
where were we? Let's My mom likes to do that in grocery stores, but for real, and then she'll like cough after oh, she's done good. it, or at the same time, I'm like, mom, you can hear it was like a blaster. Anyway, you know, like it's to talk a about blaster. Gas. <laughs> this is very exciting. <laughs> Okay, let's ground the ship. Are, we are we're, recording. We've yeah, been recording. We've oh, been recording since minutes. the fart. That get, was pretty much the cue. I better cue. get proper now. <laughs> okay, we're on the sofa here. Yes. Krista Mar, right? Krista Mar. Did I get it? Oh, that's Mier. 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 Scotch. Mier. But you can say Mier. Or you Krista can Mier. butcher it and say Muir. Which you probably get a lot a of. A lot. One day I'll go to Scotland where I'll hear Mier, Mier. Mier. <gasps> The place where they say my name as it is. Welcome back to Industry Tactics. Now, <laughs> Thank you. you've not been to Industry Tactics yet, but you are in the industry, so this is going to feel natural. Okay, yes. Andrew, stage right. Hi, Andrew, stage right. Hi. Okay. Uh, and Are we uh, equilateral right now here? Oh, yeah. I, we're I'm isosceles. I'm obsessed with equilateral triangles. <laughs> are you? Yeah. I enjoy yeah. them very much, too. And we've been 45, trying to, 45, 45. We've been trying to keep these talks super focused, okay? So... Oh. You notice it doesn't sound half as good if you fart into the knee crevice <laughs> as the ass crevice. Good. What is that? That was cute, though. Uh, oh. Way better in the arse. You're right. I think it's because it's it's impeded. The sound is impeded by the body, which is the natural. It's got it's something. Ex- exodus of the gas. <laughs> the, the physiology, matter. right? It bounces out rather than onto the kneecap. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about? Nobody knows. Oh, but it's going to be focused. We're going to try to keep it focused. Okay. We'll talk about all kinds of things. Your music, of course, as the focal point. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a little bit of Kingston in there, growing up in Kingston. Mm-hmm. What else? Can I mime my answers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. This is Video great. Video podcast. That's, yeah, fantastic. Okay, absolutely, 100% we will. Yes. Le taquimage. Okay. How's that? Those things? Fair enough. Talk? Fair enough. <laughs> In that order. So let's begin. The first pantomime she would have given was... Do you want to give it again? Uh, no. Um, I want you to interpret it because it was special. Fuck, can you do it again? I have a really bad memory. Yeah. I think it was under the arm oh, it was. and then laughing in a big... Well, actually, I think it pointed to my... Because I biked here and I got a bit of a wet tuchus on the way over due to a wet seat. Sure, it was a wet seat, And you know says. what? It does pertain to my music because yeah. my last video I made, yeah. which has now been a few years, yes. Chicken on Clark about bicycle safety. Is there an official name of this 
place. Studio? Yes. <laughs> My living room. Mystery, yeah. mystery studio. <laughs> Andrew's place. Um, so, but hu- humor in your, in your music, in your work is clearly, when we met, I, I met you, uh, what would that have been? 2000? You? Go ahead. How's your memory? Are you sharp? It was at Lambie. Foggy. Yes. I that was a, a night, the night aquatic themed night. Beautiful. And we had, I made jellyfish costumes for my band. Yep. And we did a very strange cover of Tears of a Clown, but we turned it to Tears of a Squid. The shark <laughs> ate his kid. Anyway, it was funny. And you came and up those two flights of stairs yes. brought... I believe the harpsichord or a harp was included in that set that That's night. right. It was a bit bonkers that and night. And people flipped out over that show, actually. It was, yeah, it was you guys and, oh, Dandy Wind. Good memory. She wasn't around for very many years, but she was really interesting. And then, uh... And another really Lucille. heavy band. It was Lucille. And, oh, it, no, it was the only show, I think, of my friend Donzel with her brother. That's and right. And they only had one show. That was it. And then they had a huge fight. And so, yeah, that was really exciting. Oh Bill, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd say that's one of my most memorable shows in Montreal ever. That was like, wild. Uh, it was so great. It was like a soccer crowd. <laughs> and it, the ceilings were really low. It was jammed. And Where that, was it? That was at Club Lambie. It's Club on Lambie. the Saint Laurent, just south of Mount Royal. It's up these stairs. And it. I think before, after, before it was like some kind of weird swingers bar or something. It was, I eh? think so. Yeah. Either that yeah. or that place is still there and it's next door to where it was. Because some people were getting confused and coming into the club, I remember. And they're like, this isn't the couple swapping night. And like, no, <laughs> but we it is were, not. We were, I'm trying to think of how we were connected that time. Was it through the, the Spasm Band? Because I know, we, you know. Yeah. Oh. I did play that one show with the Nihilist Spasm Band in London. But no, I feel no. like, how were you introduced to me? Jenny Omnicord? Somebody. Some, some Somebody weirdo. Somebody put us in touch. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really good at responding to emails, which I think is, if you're listening at home, a, a, real, a high on the industry tactics list. I'm terrible at it. They call Respond me the communicator. Your well, they don't you, you're me. great. You're sharp. Uh, yeah. You're sharp. If I don't get back to people right away, a year can pass. It's one of those things. So yeah, I get back to people right away usually. And it, it does. It, it, the momentum, if you do that, actually. is. And that night you were, you were releasing a beautiful book. That's you remember? right. You remember? The Joy of Hosen. Yes. <laughs> so many great photographs in this book. I should have brought that book to the. I didn't bring this. it. I brought it's some okay. albums so you, you did. see okay. some art. So I didn't know. we're going to have to slow down here. Focus this thing. <laughs> You've got... Radio AD. What, what, what year are we talking about this epic so, show in Montreal? When would that have been? Let's say 2000, I want to say... Three, four. Three. So 12 years ago. No, it was later. Because I had gone on tour with the Kid Koala Tour and the Aquabats. I had released two records. Okay. And I believe that was the transition period between being my alter ego, Later Hosen Lucille, yes. and coming out as Krista in Lucille. That night was my coming out night. Remember that we had a transformative thing? I had yes. this giant helmet. My friend made me a deep sea diving suit. I hand embroidered it with coral reefs. And it was insane. I'm just remembering this all now. It's oh, my God. That's and right. And so that would have been the transition between the two bands. So that would have been actually 2000 and, I think, five. Ten years ago. So it was ten years ago. Wow, it seems a lot longer. Yeah. I believe, but maybe. 2005. No, no that's got to be about right. 2004, five, definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. my. Oh, wow. Okay. A cool decade we've known each other. That's great. Yeah. Musically speaking. Uh, I feel... I feel great about that because it feels longer. Um, 
So wh- where do you want to take it from here? Let's give the kids at home. Thank you for listening. Let's give the kids at home. Uh, we're just trying to catch ourselves, our, our barrings. I'm, I'm, I ask this question all the time because we always, you're always catching up with people. Yeah. So you, <laughs> true. Lederhosen Lucille. Yeah. What, what are we talking? Singer, songwriter, guitar, so you piano. Do you know her? Do you know her? Lederhosen Lucille? No. Okay. I'm going to give you a picture of her. You can keep that postcard. Oh, that's great. This is a vintage postcard now because it's from 2004, so in my mind it's vintage. Um, hmm. And it's from a video shoot that we did um, with, those are the Doughboys, or little dough ball puppets that my friend Jason Hopley, who's actually a Toronto-based actor and puppeteer, who worked with Jim Henson's son and is pretty amazing. He did Nanalan and oh, yeah, yeah, all sorts yeah. of great shows for great the CBC. Great show, yeah. He's the puppeteer behind the puppets in this video. And this oh. was like my dream was making this video. And um, the person that did the set deck, she's now gone on to do amazing... This was her first kind of film video shoot. And she's done hundreds now of music videos and films. And one of hers is up for an Oscar this year. Amazing. Um, oh. Felix and Mira. Okay. It's about a uh, Hasidic man and a woman that falls in love with him in Montreal. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the alter ego. So I'm actually Krista. I'm not Lederhose and Lucille right now. She's She's been in the pantry for a while. She yeah. comes out once in a while. And um, she's kind of this weird, quirky, electropop, one-woman cabaret. So she was born, actually, in Toronto out of some vintage Yamaha keyboards, like portable keyboards from the late 80s. And actually, I passed by her house where she was born the other day, 245 Palmerston. I remembered the address, and I was walking by, and went, oh, my gosh. I was... In the attic apartment, it was a three-bedroom apartment. There were at least four of us living there. And I think I was in the... Somebody was living in the rec room. And I was in this weird little room with this hilarious Yamaha my friend gave me because she didn't like it. Uh She got it at a junk sale. And I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I'd graduated, so I was just doing all these boring temp jobs. And I started writing these songs in response to the daily grind. And boom, this funny character started coming out. And... Piece by piece, she came together with Lederhosen and her blonde hair eventually, and the accent, and so then... You were in Toronto at the time that this happened? This is in Toronto. This was like the conception, the whatever you call it. Yeah, when she was, you know, fertilized in the keyboard, she came out, and her first nice. show was in the basement of my other apartment, 964 Dundas Street West, remember it as well, because it was haunted, and there's some crazy story about some assassination on a president the guy that escaped canada and was hiding out there anyways apparently it's a historic building hmm. she did her first show there in the basement um as kind of like a it was basically a, a like a party trick almost it was like i had these funny songs people were bugging me about them and i was like fine so some guy at work lent me his lederhosen he had lederhosen he said doesn't every guy have lederhosen i'm like i don't think so and i did the show and people flipped out and two of the guys that were there were engineers audio engineers off they're like do you have a record can i buy it i'm like no i just made these songs up like a couple weeks ago like this is just for fun they're like you should Mm. record them so i made my first cassette tape in toronto yeah back in 1998 it would have been and where did you graduate from i was at mcgill you're at mcgill yeah okay studying i went from kingston to montreal at age 18 went to mcgill was in theater and then switched into cultural studies and then Never, I mean, I always played music since I was a kid, but never really uh, focused on that as a career because um, I burnt out of it when I was a teen, I thought. And then I kind of came back to it and completely for fun and as almost a joke. And that became something very fun and non-jokey for, yeah, the better part of my adult life. I like that. <laughs> no, I do. I like that. Because it wasn't, a, it wasn't like your drive. I like that you came back to it. 
Yeah, it was one of those things where it wasn't my drive. It was just integral yeah. to me. So it was kind of neat because I never, I didn't have any pressure uh, initially anyways. As it grew like and became more of like a career, it became, the pressure came later. And that's why I kind of burnt out and took a break from her for a while. And but, vi- uh, visual arts and theater, where does that fit into the whole, like, is it? it... That's my life. Yeah, like starting at age eight. I was a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz, and I never looked back. Whoa. I love costumes. I did so many ty- types of folkloric dance. I did Ukrainian dance, Scottish dancing, yeah. jazz, ballet, contemporary. I did, like, classical music. I did musical theater at school every year. I was in every musical. I loved it. It was, like, so much fun, basically. And that was my upbringing in Kingston. And we had particularly great um, music teachers and principal at the school that built it into the curriculum somehow so, like, all the kids in the school could be in musicals if they wanted to. It mm. wasn't, like... A special yeah. program, which I think was rare in looking back. But, um, yeah, so that was the kind of beginning. And then I went into a lot of theater. I did a lot of youth theater and touring theater groups, with like educational theater. And, and then by the time I got to university, I was like, I don't know. I wasn't interested in being in a competitive field for a bit. Yeah. And it's yeah. so cutthroat in terms of, like, all the auditions and, the you know, a lot of rejections. And I thought, I want to do something different. Sure. So I moved more into film and TV and media and philosophy and theory and whatnot, and that was fun too. And uh, yeah, and then came back to music after I graduated. I love that. I, lo- I love people who go to music from. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. Like just just from from a different uh, discipline, or mm-hmm. you know, especially visual arts. I find, mm-hmm. I'm like I, I mm-hmm. there, there's something there. Like, and I really see it popping out in your work. The you know, like yeah, the, just the beauty of the the comedy, the visual, like it's it's. I I, I feel like almost in, in fact, and, and theatrical and extremely yeah, theatrical. Yeah, 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 and 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 even the, the spasm band we talked about them earlier. Like those guys also come from a highly like visual arts background. Yeah. So it's, just, and I'm intellect- just and intellectual too. Like yeah, the, yeah. Look at this. They're all professors. So this one, yeah. Speaking of which, this was like a full story like conceptual this was the first kind of conceptual album i had a lot of fun with this one accidental railway and it was um it's a semi-fictional city called accidental railway so inside you pull out there's a map and there's a history of the town and um, my friend pat hamu did the uh, artwork layout for this beautiful and there's a little um history about the town some of the references to places on the map of the town and uh, it's kind of a composite of many different places I've lived and or toured and references to, like, family and friends. These and are your liner engineers. notes? Yeah, that's kind of like, well, yeah, that's the liner note history of the, the record. But, but, it's but it, it came, this came in the record. See, and yeah, this, it, and it has, it also has, like, it has your chords here. Yeah, so you could play, that was the first one where you can play along See, with the album. If you, want, if you have a baritone ukulele, which not many <laughs> people have. Or if you have a guitar that's missing two strings, which is tuned like a baritone ukulele. So, um, yeah, you could play that's, along. That's, I don't that know. was quite a while ago. I'm kind of mesmerized. And that was a collaboration with uh, uh, Shane Watt, who is a collaborator of mine long, from long ago. He was one of the first, he was the second, uh, third bass player that later was in this lad. <laughs> and uh, and you ch- you've toured extensively with your work, right? Like yeah, I mean, I toured full time for a few years. Um, yeah, like yeah. two thousand three to five were the peak years, I'd say, with over a hundred shows a year, maybe or more. Two thousand three alone was probably at least one hundred and fifty shows or wow. shows, including little shows. But yeah, and um, that was like North America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget that moment at um, that anarchist 
squat in uh, in uh, Berlin. <laughs> exactly. And you have oh, to be more specific. Super Molly. Super Molly. And they super said, ah, do you know, you're from Canada. Do you know the Lederhosen and Lucille? And I went, oh, holy fuck, I do. <laughs> and, and I'm really scared right now. She, right. she used to live here. Like, whoa. <laughs> Was it, was it must have been Dita. It was probably Dita. Who's Canadian? Yes. What a story. The fiery ginger. Canadian he, Berliner. He fakes that he's a badass German, but he's actually from Halifax. <laughs> so he puts on this super... He fakes super, it well. Oh my God. But his Dieter. name is Dita. You would never know. Is it really Dita? It's probably Derek. You know what? I don't know. I never questioned. I never questioned the Dita. You don't. He's leading us an anarchist squad. You he, don't fuck with Zadita. He was one of the, you know, the more mild-mannered ones. So I yeah. was, I was, you know... A bit on eggshells. Yeah, we were talking about that because I arrived there and I was like, I had no idea what to expect. I'd uh. never been to Berlin. I, me- I remember I was wearing this like bright floral print skirt and like little sandals and a white shirt. And I remember like everybody wore black. Like it was amazing. Like it was like open the door, giant like black Rottweilers. There were dogs. And I was just like, yeah, oh, hi. Yeah. And uh, that's hi, where buddy. you landed, and, Super Molly? Yeah, yeah, by myself. Okay, okay. I've been on the road already for a month or so. And I was carrying my body weight times maybe me and a half. Yeah. In like, I had a flight case with my Yamaha keyboard, which I can't believe I did now because I toured for four months by myself with that keyboard. And a backpack my size Sick. and a front pack with a recording like my recording studio okay. like laptop and stuff okay so i was like recording stuff on the way i was it was crazy now that i think about it yeah right and right. only me at that age could have done that i would never do that now with right like three help henchmen but um yeah and I that's just, so great to hear by the way was, is like you you would never do you never go back there and do that well it was you'd perfect, go back there like, but not under those circumstances no, like you wouldn't do that to yourself again not right? now and not with my like my chronic fatigue and pain due to my lovely disease we were talking about earlier endometriosis by the way read up on it it's very popular right now and people should know about it um but at that time i guess i was must have been really healthy and i don't know how i did it i really don't i mean i did show up there though and i got it was one of those situations where you're like heat wave in montreal they probably have it here too yeah heat wave so hot can't sleep no one has air conditioning go get on a flight super air conditioned okay arrive with throat screwed up because mm-hmm. of the air conditioning and yeah. my first show was fine second show was at the fusion festival which is outside berlin it was a big festival we need to talk about the fusion festival and that's where i realized <clears throat> i had something serious with my throat i Jeez. lost my voice i've never lost it on tour yeah and it was in front of like there must have been at least four or five hundred germans in a tent in yeah. a spiegel tent and yeah. it was a very fancy show and it was one of my best paying shows and i was just like are you kidding me and i was like wow. i had a fever i was like trying to play and my voice went out so i had to like i could speak but i couldn't sing so i started doing like kind of william like shatner style like just everything was narrated i'm like okay. beetle guile where are you going beetle guile will you leave the country instead of like singing it and i could only do that and i was doing weird solos to try and like extend oh the set God. it was insane anyway how did, it, how, did, how did it come off? I mean, well, they, they loved they were it because they had on. no idea. Yeah, and they yeah. were all flying on, you know, Gosh. savory pies and LSD. I don't know what they were eating and drinking, but doing. But it was very, you know, hippie. And people were like, oh, you know, they didn't know what to expect, obviously. Yeah. So they just were entertained by a, a woman with a fake German accent and later Hosen playing a weird keyboard that sounded like the Pet Shop Boys. Uh, you know. Isn't and, it kind of fucked that <laughs> that happened? Like, what, yeah. you just, what you just walked us through, like... Well, this one quirky like- <laughs> Canadian, you know, I mean, going over there and uh, taking the piss is weird, eh? And awesome and beautiful. I think if I stopped for one moment to question anything, I wouldn't have done it ever. It was just going with it. 
yeah. always because when people would say, I can't believe you did that, especially when I was in Berlin, actually, yeah. when yeah. I, I befriended these uh, hardcore guys and a couple girls eventually, um, I won them over. I made them all vegetarian sushi because that was how you won the hearts of the supermolly. Yeah, yes. You make them a nice community, like communal meal. Okay. And so they told me about this. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. It was a bit of pressure, of course, cooking yeah. for like 30 anarchists, but yeah. um, they, were, they were cool in the end. And I remember <laughs> the biggest, brawniest dude came and saw me. I played an impromptu street party. They, like, invited me to play outside. There was some sure. kind of community thing. And these, all the kids loved it, first of all. They thought it was a fairyland character, and they came over to me, and they were all, like, seven and eight, and like, oh, and speaking to me in fluent German, because yeah. they thought I was German, yeah. because my fake accent was so good. Oh my and God. I had taken one German language course at McGill, and I had a crush on a German boy in grade school. So I had enough. And um, so they were swarming me. I was giving them these postcards, actually. And um, yeah, they were getting my autograph. And then this one guy from Supermolly comes over. He was, like I said, six foot five, super hardcore German Bavarian dude. Okay. Shaved head. And he's like, he's like, this is really, this is really fun, but um, it's fucked up. don't go to, I hope you're not going to Bavaria. And I was like, I am tomorrow, actually. And I wasn't joking. <laughs> I was going on a tour of Bavaria with um, like a Bavarian hip hop political whatever dude yeah. um Rainer von Schielen and of course yeah of course and um I said yeah I'm going he's like oh good you be careful or something like that and I'm like looking at this giant guy going like me be careful like okay and it was funny because it was fine I only had one yeah. place where one woman came up to me after and was like why you do this why are you wearing this why are you hiding behind these braids yes and I was like I'm not really hiding behind them. It's part of this persona. She's, they thought she's of it as even, an affront to their their cultural you know, heritage. Or? I don't even think so. That was the funny thing. She wasn't. She was just like, why? Like, really? It didn't right. seem like she was offended by it. She just like seemed annoyed with it. Like yeah. it wasn't to her taste. Maybe you weren't fine. taking. You're not taking art seriously enough. Something like that. Could be. Could be. Because I am very playful, and I definitely I can. You know. Have, I have serious material, but mm-hmm. I like to present mm-hmm. it in sometimes a very you know, I like dualities, of course. I'm well, a Gemini, and I like presenting serious Gemini. matter in a funny way, and vice versa. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, what do you think? How did how did they react to your sense of humor overall? Was it a lot of that? Well, I don't know if they got my sense of humor so much. Yeah. But they didn't. It didn't matter almost. I mean, it, that, the thing is, with people great. that speak the same language. You're going to get the humor that's witty, right? The humor, right. like, right. You know, when I go to England, it's hard to keep up. I find them very fast and very witty. Yeah. But yeah. I love it. And uh, it's dry. Uh, the Germans, I didn't really get their sense of humor. And I because I don't know the language that well, maybe it is a linguistic thing, too. Yeah. But uh, it's more my expressions, my energy. It's it's palatable. It's relatable it for everyone. It came so across. Good, good. I, I've been to places where they don't speak any remote language to English, French, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I played in Catalonia and people were loving it and we were all dancing together. The, I was going to say, because you, <laughs> you mentioned like being surrounded by kids who who were Oh yeah, magical children. But like you don't often see an artist going so in depth into a character and a whole visual thing mm-hmm. unless it's a, a like a child performer who mm-hmm. they, you know, they do that all the time. Or Peaches. Or mm-hmm. or peaches or like vaginas. or like David Bowie or yeah or something Some like that right 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 but right. but so as a, I think it yeah. sounds very like up yeah. a kid's alley well yeah it is and I mean that's part of what's fun about the character is that it actually brings out definitely brings out the the child and adults as well and they love it because it's it's kind of like it creates a world. Yeah. That kind of frees up the audience to be kind of silly and playful again because it's not taking itself seriously, and also. 
I don't know, the, the songs are like quirky and fun. There, and there's depth to it too. Like it's, a, it's, there's a lot of levels, but you can kind of take from it what you want. And most people, at least back in the day, it was very, uh, I don't know, it was fun and fun and engaging. Now, when you do your the other side of what you do, it's kind of like it. It's still got tons of playfulness, but do you find you have the ability to convey something more? I, I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to insult with the word because I, I yeah. get it. It could be, but it. I don't know yeah. more for lack of pardon me if I offend. Come on, barf it out, poop you. it out, make it yeah. happen. Is it more? Do you feel like you can go to different places with your music in terms of? Is that yeah. why you did? Is that part of the I mean, reason why you did it? Or yeah, part of the reason why yeah. I did it was because I did. It, there were a certain you know number of people that I remember getting feedback like. You know, similar to the, the initial woman in Bavaria, like, mm-hmm. why are you hiding behind? Like, I never I'm even thought hiding. about hiding yeah, behind yeah. my braids. And then I started yeah. thinking, huh. And it wasn't like I was questioning why. I was just, like, more, like, investigating. Like, okay, yeah. why did I do that? And like, and then when I did start writing some other material that did not suit the character in the world, i.e. it was different instrumentation, it just didn't make sense to me to present it as this alter ego. Because the alter ego, she's all about exploring the world and and kind of pointing out the absurdities of all these funny human condition and human systems of like communication and um i don't know hierarchy and all these types of things and um i wasn't really wanting to examine those things when i started writing these other songs they were much more personal they were more like dare i say like love songs and loss songs and right they were more investigating from myself and not this alter ego in a different world. I'll hold you in my arms. I'll hold you in my thoughts. I'll hold you in my heart. Oh, oh.
how many times have you guys like played shows together? We forever. Maybe eight. Because I feel like that's a good double billing. We've done a few. Like it's felt great, and we started singing together recently, yeah. which was like ah, it's it's beautiful. That moment at Casa del Popolo yeah. yeah. was so much fun. It really was. Like, I just impromptu yeah. sang some harmonies. I didn't even know yeah. the song. Yeah. I was. I you, mean, you, I knew it, but I didn't know the lyrics. And that was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a harmonizer. You really yes. are. I yeah. can harmonize with anyone, anytime, anywhere. Holy shit, that was scary. It was scary having <laughs> you right there. Yeah. It's like, holy cow, man, they make it in like a Casio version. <laughs> You're right there. Oh, that was great. Yeah, and they've all been very memorable. Like we, the show we did in Brampton where we played the Indie Arts Festival, that would have been like one of the latter ones oh, that yeah. I programmed, but I loved having you on that bill. And That was very, yeah, that was cool. That was a different... And then the shared shows in Montreal have been fun, yeah. but... We Cameron gotta, we gotta do some times. shit in Germany. We gotta fuck them Germans <laughs> right up. Like you're the only other human I know that's played the Fusion Festival. The Fusion. Oh really? It's a very strange festival, isn't it? Like I, mm. I, I lost my shit there. Yeah, it was very disturbing for me. Really? <laughs> On well, many I levels. I didn't find that disturbing, but I, you know I what? I had a fever. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little uh, anecdote from your. Uh, I mean the 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 the. It was on a. Uh, a bunker, uh, oh, Nazi the airplane bunker, hangar, airplane hangars, yeah. and and yeah. Uh, cabaret for the end of the world. Is that where you played the cabaret for the end of the world? No, I played in a very strange tent okay. tent near there. It was oh. almost like a harem tent. Fuck. So it was smaller. It wasn't one of the crazy giant venues. It was thankfully. the first night on one of our tours, and and one of my guys says, "Rich, when are we ever going to do this again?" We should stay up all night. You know, in the first night of a tour, you're actually trying to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just went downhill from there. But like the, they don't have any sponsors at this festival. It's all done kind of in secret. Uh, tons of Germans who don't know what the fuck is going on and trying to guide you to even finding the stage was an adventure. Like the whole thing was, a, and it's like hundreds of thousands of people on a, yeah, what a, what a, camping and yeah, and not a corporate sponsor. Like I, an all vegetarian, no meat. Yeah. So it was very foreign in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like the Germans would like both of you guys. I mean, from what I gather from <laughs> you, and I've seen you perform, right? And it's yeah. it's surrealist, and it's it's high art and low. Yeah. It's at everything. The same you, time. Yeah. Everything you yeah. said resonated with me. Um, yeah. They didn't understand it. Like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> fuck off for even asking the question. How's that for my answer? Right? Like, I always get irate with them. Like yeah. by the third week, it's like, oh my god. Yeah. I just want to piss for free. Oh, you just reminded me. I'm sorry, of the one of the only, I shouldn't maybe bring this up because it's a negative thing, but it was one of the few times where I felt totally creeped out on tour. And it was actually a German guy, but it was in Rotterdam. I played the Bizarre okay. Curieux Festival, okay. which was this amazing festival. It was three floors. Oh, I'm trying to think of all the, there were some big name bands playing that one. Um, beta band. Martha Wainwright was there. Anyway, yeah. this was a mm-hmm. long time ago. And um, I was near the end of a tour, a very long tour. It might have even been that four month tour. And I got there, and it was jammed with people, and I went to take a nap, because, oh, that's right, I was starving, and I didn't know how to speak any language that was whatever, people weren't speaking English or French, and I'm like, ah, and I'm like, hungry, I didn't have anyone to show me where to go, and I ended up at McDonald's. I think I've had McDonald's once in the last decade. Okay. And it messed me up. I had this, I was so hungry, I ate the biggest one thing I could order, which was the jump, what was it called, Crazy Happy Surprise? It was some weird name, and it was huge, it was like twice the size of a regular burger. (laughs) It must have had drugs in it, because I felt so high after eating this hamburger. I did this, like, interview, got to the theater for this crazy festival, but it was proper. You know, you have your room with your name on the door. You have your, like, whatever you've ordered. It's in the little fridge. You actually have a rider. Like, it was so fine, but I felt so off my game. 
I had this nap and I woke up like the dude's like, okay, two minutes to stage, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. like in the theater, like it was like old fashioned time, the lights around the mirror. And I'm like, you know, I do my usual ritual. I get all ready and all hyped up and I'm like, look in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, you know, show must go on type thing. Let's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, cabaret, it's showtime. And, um, I go out and I go to get on stage and it is packed. There's like 500, 600 people in this room. My little keyboard's there. Mm-hmm. I start playing. I have this wicked amazing set. But there's this guy. He keeps coming to the front of the stage and he's yelling stuff. And I don't understand because it's in German and I don't speak that much German. But he seems happy enough. And then after the show, I'm trying to get to the merch table where I'm selling the merch. Yeah. There's a lot of people lined up wanting to buy stuff. I'm like, yay, back in the day when people bought CDs. You were so excited about people sorry, buying music. You sorry. chucked your phone on the floor. And so I'm standing at the table, and there was a lineup behind this guy of people that wanted to buy CDs. And he starts questioning. He's like, you know you got all of your, what did he say? Your talent from us. You got everything from us. Oh, we boy. gave you that. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> like, you know Ice Bear? That's the song that, like, you must know Ice Bear because you stole everything from Ice Bear. Copyright like, the Germans. Copyright the 1980. I'm like, what are you even talking about? And I'm like, are you? And then he was, like, kind of flirting with me. I'm like, you're being aggressive. And he was flirting with me. And, like, meanwhile, I'm looking at these people that are waiting to buy CDs. I'm like, buddy, just buy a CD and go you, away. Your persona. I had no bouncer. It must have been the strangest, weirdest dream for him. He's like, ah, I see shades of the mom. And I don't know. He people must have been like, having a blast with that whole. Well, probably. <laughs> And who knows? Some people do, I dare I say, fetishize the character. Oh and it God. is very yeah. funny because I never think of her as being this sexy character. And once okay. in a while, I'm just like, okay. really? So normally, I actually change out of my costume and I'm myself at the merch table and no one recognizes me. Wow. And they'll ask That's me questions about idea. the act. They'll be like, oh, do you know her? And I'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, her manager. Which album? Yeah. Like, I don't know. They're both pretty good. I kind of like this one or whatever. I'll play around. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, sometimes people like, I remember playing all ages shows. That's the, cool. This punk band, the Aquabats, and like, yeah. A kid actually threw a bottle cap at my head, like during the show. And yeah. afterwards, he came up. To, he was with his friends. He's like, "Yeah, I'm the one that blah, 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 to his friends." And they're like, "That wasn't cool." And I'm like, smiling at the kid. I'm like, "You little." It was so fun. He didn't know it was me, and I was you like, "The joke was on him." On yeah, I've got, like, I want to describe this little postcard because this, I think, is a good time. Go ahead. Okay. So it, it's later hosen do you want to describe it i i like no i'd love to hear your uh, interpretation later hosen Lu- lucille which at a place that looks to be uh, like a cottage of some kind mm. and uh she's got these three jim henson puppets that don't seem entirely innocent and they're wearing <laughs> chef hats and there's a big bowl and there's a bag of flour and then there's a little thing that says poison <laughs> and then the face of later hosen lucille is innocence and happiness and there's blonde <laughs> braids and it's very confusing what's yeah. going on there. A, you know what you, <laughs> there's you a, the subtle poison there which is so weird um the concept was by cara blake who's a um amazing filmmaker she actually did i don't know if you've seen um if, or if you know about delia derbyshire the bbc radio sonic um, she was actually the real composer of the Doctor Who theme song. Oh, wow. And she was a pioneer in audio tape technology in London back in the, I guess it would have been 60s. Or... Anyways, Kara Blake um, made a documentary, a beautiful documentary on her life called The Delian Mode. Actually won a prize at Hot Docs many years ago. She's the one that, this is her first music video um, that she oh, did. Wow. She did some okay. experimental film and was teaching at Concordia and does from time to time. And... Um, Actually, she worked on The Little Prince that's coming out. Anyways, she's really? prolific. And she came up with the concept for it. Uh, we, we made three videos together over the last decade. And I let her 
she would take a song and she would create a story from it. And I've always been kind of behind whatever she's come up with. I've we were kind of in sync that way. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I didn't think of it as being all that dark, but um, it did disturb some <laughs> some adults and children, actually, the video. Um, but it's also extremely funny. Um, you'll have to visit it. It's called Semi-Sweet. And uh, mm. it's I call it a demented puppet video because they're adorable, the puppets. And actually, Lederhosen Lucille is the one in, it, in the, the video who's actually kind of demonic and... Uh, Anyways, you'll you'll see when you visit Semi Sweet. And very yeah, you're right. It's very Nanaland when I see those puppets. Those are, I love that does show. This pre-date, does ah. this predate? Does this predate? No, Nanaland was before. I does think it, it was okay. early two thousand. Okay. Um, he came to Montreal, and it's funny because there are three puppeteers that um, Jason, his partner, and my really good friend, who's an art therapist now, who I went to school with at McGill. The three of them are under the table, like. <laughs> And they're oh, all yeah? like yeah. quite a bit taller than I am, so it was really funny because they're crumpled <laughs> under this table, and uh, yeah, it was two of their first times puppeteering. But yeah, that's um, yeah, it's it's weird. It is very weird, and I highly encourage everyone to watch just the it. postcard. I mean, is is got uh, yeah, that's a that's a start. Isn't that beautiful too? The postcard actually it's was gorgeous. taken. Uh, it's a photo. Yeah. Um, it's not just a video still. It was a photo yeah. taken by Jocelyn Michel. Did I put his name on it? Yeah, he did. He's a fantastic photographer. And has photographed so many. Oh, you just check out his website. It's kind of wild. He did all the photos for Joy of Hosen, the book. Okay, they're um, beautiful. But yeah, he's photographed almost every like, beautiful. famous Quebec, you know, actor, musician, whoever. Like, David Suzuki, you name it. He's. Wow. I love how tapped in you are to the the odd side of Quebec. Like I really embrace what you're. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I think it's 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 exactly what you said. It's 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 got shades of Peewee for sure and yeah. and, and wacky. Yeah. Um, so how long did you spend in Quebec before? And and now you're here. You're you're here for a bit, right? I'm so here. you've kind of been, yeah, not really between. But I always feel like you're pretty close to Toronto. When yeah, I don't know. You, I I've lived here a couple times between yeah. phases, like between phases of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and I ended up spending a few summers in Kingston, where I'm from originally. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I have this like. I have a wanderlust, but I don't want to wander too far because of my health issues. So I've been kind of wandering between the two cities and kind of like, you know, trying to find the best of both worlds because they're both very different cities. But I've, yeah, I've landed on planet Toronto for a while. You have. That's fantastic for us. That's an asset. What what I can what I can mess up here? Well, the expos, right? <laughs> Fuck, they're gone, so there you had to come here. We understand. I know, I know. That's exactly why I came here. Yeah. Yep. And they outlawed gluten in Quebec. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's right. not true. It's so not true. <laughs> Pukes. It is the land of glute. <laughs> yeah. You go there immediately, infuse yourself with bagels and croissants. It, it is true. Because it's hard to find similar ones here that aren't more expensive. I find dough is cheap in Montreal. What's with that? I don't know. Although maybe there are secret spots here in Toronto. I just need to get turned on to by people here. Go ahead. I'm just wondering. <laughs> do you notice like what you do uh, is received differently between those two cities? I th- I feel I've always um, had the hunch yeah. that Montreal's more you know, receptive <laughs> to to the bizarre. It definitely when I started with a character here, people freaked out mm-hmm. in a amazing positive way. But I did feel that I might not be able to go very far with it here in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it was funny because that was around the time Peaches mm-hmm. she moved to Berlin. Right. Um, I saw her last show here, like Ted's Wrecking Yard or something. Oh, it was fuck. up the stairs. Ted, is that it? Ted's Wrecking Yard, second floor College Street Bar. Anyway, yeah. I saw World Provider, Fembots, and Peaches play there, yeah. and um, 
then she was leaving like the next day for Berlin, and that was before she moved there and okay. blew up and yeah. her, did her trajectory. Um, and so, and people always said, you know, you need to go here, you need to go yeah. there. The character's so wacky. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I didn't pursue it, and then I it was just for fun, like I said. And then I decided to go back to Montreal, not to pursue my music career, but to go back to school because I miss school and uh, buy myself some more creative time, so to speak, and get some more skills. So I did this like one-year graduate diploma in communications and did, you know, 60-minute film and animation and online journalism, which was just starting back then. So it was 2000. Um, And at that time, that was when I started playing in clubs. Actually, Jailhouse Rock, which is no more, um, was the first Lederhosen show in Montreal. And there were a few people there uh-huh. But they again, they flipped out, and it did seem like there were a lot of weird things happening at that time, like Lee George Leningrad, a lot of like more costumed, conceptual, yeah, kind of musical, intellectual, absurdist, I don't know, provocateurs, so to speak, yeah, if you can say that, yeah. Um, and I definitely did feel like the audience at that time was really open and into weird stuff. Are there more I venues say? in Montreal as well? Like I, I have, I, no, I think well, of where I've seen shows in Montreal, and I can list like. 25 places and then mm-hmm. in toronto i can think of four places that right. i've seen shows here yeah i mean i i was here from 98 to 2000 and i used to go to shows almost every night yeah and i i went to probably 40 clubs here i'd say mm. or 30 clubs i'd say it's kind of equal and it almost feels like lately it almost for me anyway it's felt like kind of the same mm. I, yeah. I i think i knew i noticed yeah. a big difference in like ramuski or trois rivieres or like, yeah. like some of those uh, or yeah. quebec city like that that feels real to me like Montreal starts to feel a lot like here mm. not in a good way yeah no I it's funny too because that was the other thing that was so funny it was like I remember when I went to Miguel it was like you go to clubs you go anywhere and again I love music I would go to shows or movies or whatever every night yeah almost, yeah because I came from Kingston where there was one show a month or if that so I was eating mm. it up and I noticed that it was like everyone there danced Everyone danced in Montreal. Mm-hmm. That was in the 90s, late mm-hmm, 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was the big thing back then, like, no one danced in Toronto. They're too cool to dance. Mm-hmm. They, they love it, but they don't move, or they move their head only. And then I remember coming here and thinking, no, people dance here, actually. Like, right. oh, not a lot, but kind of. And then, but there were shows I remember going to frequently being like, people would come up with this one girl at one point was like, oh my gosh, you're here, the dancing person. And I was like, I'm known as the dancing person in Toronto. Because I would dance when there was no one dancing by myself Shit. if I loved the music. Like, okay. do you remember Flashlight? Okay. They were like a no, punk ska no. band and they had to become Flashlight Brown because Flashlight was already taken by some American band. Okay. They were really awesome. They were friends with like the Stomp Record guys, more like uh, they were kind of ska punk. They were so fun. And I remember dancing to them at some venue, like, and I was the only person. And this girl was like, Yay, you're here. So, anyways, that was funny. But then I moved back to Montreal, and at some yeah. point there was a shift. There yeah. was a change, yeah. definitely. The audiences became, dare I say, cooler, too cool to dance. Okay. Um, you saw it. It started too, becoming more static. Okay. I okay. saw it and I was so bummed because that was part of what I loved about Montreal. Well, that show with you at Lambie was like that, as I said, I compared it to like a soccer crowd. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? They were like doing this shit, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah clapping yeah, over yeah, their heads yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is how it should be. I'd say but early I haven't to mid seen to, that. Yeah. Mm. I haven't felt that. I've been like pining for that kind of. <sighs> You know, it's when you hard. get the kite right up yes. there in the sky. Cool is very on vogue right now. And so, it sucks. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it does it suck. It sucks because I think people, yeah. I think people, I don't know, I feel like they want to dance even. But now it's like there's this weird, dare I say, malaise, as my friend okay. pointed out 
and he's actually a friend I met in Athens, Greece, who's a jazz saxophone player. Mm-hmm. But he too is like, there's this malaise in the arts, the, the music scene, the dance, whatever. And I'm like, I feel like it's like that in the music scene in here as well, in the yep. larger cities. There's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like so much kind of global, <laughs> global. depression that's kind of weighing it's on. Global it's the influence of Radiohead over <laughs> over 15 years. And we're all But even with Radiohead, you can shoot, even you're shoegazing yeah. when yeah. you're radioheading and you're kind of, I don't know, I remember, you know, even semi-moshing but it's like people like you hear the most upbeat music or interesting or fun and yep. it, you people don't dance that's interesting that's although really interesting. went to the silver dollar here a few weeks ago oh, and cool. people were rocking it a bit smaller okay. little clusters but okay i was like you know people move yeah it's just yeah. it's funny it's like if it isn't dance music like peaches i went to that show okay and my friend took me to that show last yep. week spontaneously yep. and i was like People were dancing, but it was like more like a nightclub atmosphere, and her music yeah. is dance it's music. Dance, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, permission sure. to have a good time. Yeah. It's because it's dance music. Right? Yeah. But so you should be able to rock out to whatever the heck you want. Rock out. And, and I, I'm <laughs> I now I'm picturing you as that like kooky. <laughs> the dancing da- girl. The, the lone dancer. <laughs> I love her at a show, by the way. She's the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, you. I can't, oh, I can't see Kingston, it. Growing up in Kingston, man, we okay. would dance to anything. Yeah. There was nothing to do. Anyone that came through, it didn't Beautiful. matter if it was garage, rock and roll, country, western, pop, schmaltzy, anything. Like, you would just go crazy because you wanted to dance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's that footloose syndrome where... You're in kind of, it wasn't that repressed there, but there just yeah, wasn't much yeah. there. Yeah, sure, And sure. you just wanted, I don't know, and you'd heard about nightclubs and people dancing, and it was a big, I don't know, it was a big deal to go dancing. Check this out. So I, got, I, got, I got two lined up for discussion. you. This is going to, wait for it, okay? Wait for it. The first one, you mentioned the silver dollar. Mm. I just had a really bad show there recently, and I want to. And it brought me down like really Aww. bad, like to the last podcast when we, we were talked about, about Jack Breakfast. And I'm like, I'm I was invincible at that time, and then spent four days wanting revenge on the gods of music, and haven't had them since. Uh, well, last weekend I performed a bit, but anyway, yeah. I'm trying to recover. Oh, isn't this that... isn't about me, but it quickly became about That's me there. Okay. Worst show you've ever had. Oh, Go ahead. worst show I've ever had. Oh. Please, please share with us and and what that feeling was. I'm interested oh. in. I was just kind of fascinated by it, what it did to me and transformed. I want to know, like, right? Share, please, please okay. do share if you well, can. There's like the worst show, technically speaking, right? And yeah. then there's the worst show, just your feeling of it being the worst show. And then there's like the worst show, as in, yeah, you have a disease that's made you unable to perform and you keep falling down throughout the show. So I've had a few bad ones. Please um, tap into one of them. Tell I'll us a story. Into, I'll tap into the technical nightmare one. Okay. That's the most recent one. Um, so I did a small tour of France and Spain in this past right, April. Right. May yeah. Because when I released Guten Tag Gemini, the Gemini album, where later Hosen Lucille, my alter ego, and I got together finally in the studio nice and to sang see you. some songs together yeah. about sports and whatever, boys and dermoid cysts. Yeah. So. I had to cancel, unfortunately, the tour that I booked for that and didn't do much touring because of my endometriosis. Okay. Everyone look that up online. It's a lot of fun. There's a great Guardian article. Anyway, and so I finally decided I would try again to tour this album a couple years later because it had no airplay. And it's really fun. And um, there I am. I think it was the last show on tour in uh, Bayonne, Bayonne, France, okay. beautiful oceanside town, south of France. Yeah. Gorgeous. I'm playing at the Cinéma Le Méliès, a gorgeous little cinema. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Actually, it wasn't even little. It was quite large. A beautiful repertoire cinema, but in this old building, 
all hardwood. They had this gorgeous installation of giant art pieces in the foyer. It was a collaboration. The guys that booked it did this cool thing because they were already helping their friends promote their short film, some food themed film and so they had like gorgeous like free beautiful little food like you know gordon ramsay worthy whatnot Mm -hmm. um in the front foyer all these lovely people like hundreds of beautiful people of all ages having their wine and the kids running around la 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 very français Mm -hmm. the first time on the tour i've had the chance to do a sound check amazing we took our time i even had the video projector in because i had a full cabaret show where i would play the video Mm -hmm. Chicken on Clark, come out as later Hosen Lucille in the costume from the video. So, like, I popped out of the screen. Jesus. Did some hip hop introduction for myself, Krista. And then I had the costume rigged underneath this giant puff kind of biker coat. So, I could basically transform costumes in five seconds. On tour in France, you're pulling this yeah. shit off. So, I would just. Did you duck build behind. it there? Just as an. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, I, I tested it in you Montreal. You brought all that shit from Montreal? All that it packed into one suitcase, Fuck one me. small Amazing. suitcase. So I, okay. it took me a long time to like figure the set out, yeah. figure out how to do it yeah. logistically, yeah. technically, all that jazz. Yeah, I had it down to a science by that point, or so I thought. And so. We did this amazing sound check, the video projector worked, the backing track worked, my ukulele worked with the amplifier that I borrowed with my crazy reverb pedal. Everything was awesome. It sounded good. Yeah. And like I said, packed crowd. And it wasn't even the showtime. It was just the movie before the show. So the lights are dimming. People are coming out. I'm all excited. I go to get changed. And sidebar, I contracted some weird stomach bug from some friend's kid in Toulouse a couple nights before. At this point, I didn't know that's what it was. I just thought I was nervous, but I was having like sharp stomach pains. But I'm like, often you're performing in not the best conditions when you're touring because you, whatever, you might eat something weird or whatever, not sleep enough. So I'm like, not feeling great, but I'm like going in, getting into the outfit. I'm like, ugh, get changed. I'm like feeling kind of weird, but I'm Mm. like, I got to make this happen. It's so cute. The people are awesome. Mm. I hear the video end. People are clapping. I'm like, oh, it's packed. I come out. I'm pushing through the crowd trying to get to the stage because we didn't think about getting someone to clear away or anything. I hadn't thought of that because I didn't think it would be that packed. So finally I get to the stage. Everyone's cheering away. And I'm like, good Abend, everybody. Good Abend, Bayon. And then I'm like, hit it, DJ or whatever. And uh, oh, I, I hit my little whatever phone mm-hmm. with the iPod whatnot. And nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. And then I kind of look at the sound guy and he's like, and I think, I don't know, I don't think he'd been drinking or smoking anything funky, but who knows? But he suddenly is like scratching his head and I'm like, oh God. And I'm like, okay, so just going to get a little beat going. Dun, 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 dun. And like trying to kill time. And it's literally like dead quiet. And there's like, yeah. I don't know, 450 people there yeah, looking yeah, at me yeah, in the yeah. dark. And I'm like, and I'm already kind of feeling off my game. And I'm like starting to show, I'm like, okay, uh, well, let's try something else. And I realized I couldn't try anything else. It's like acapella rap with no beat and I'm not a beatboxer and then I'm just like oh no and then I'm like trying to rework my brain in five seconds like my set like oh can I start with something ukulele first I'm like no but then I need to get out of the costume no so I basically I'm just like okay everybody um one minute and I'm like they're all like what I run off stage to change into myself after doing nothing as my alter ego basically the sound guy's still like scratching his head I'm like I come back and then I realize Oh my God, the backing tracks are needed for half of my set as well. Oh God. So then I just start playing some random song. I didn't even know what I was playing, an old song. And I just started and I just did it. I kept going. And then eventually he got the backing track to kind of work. But it was so brutal. And after the, it was so heartbreaking basically. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. technically that show could have been 
dare I say, not perfect, but Mm -hmm. pretty close to exactly as I'd visualized it. Mm -hmm. And it was the exact opposite. It was total gong show. Again, no one cared. Again, swarmed by magical children after who all wanted my autograph were adorable. Amazing. But for me, from my perspective, a terrible show. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to go with Glenn Gould after that. And like, I'm never doing this again. There's no, like, perfection cannot be achieved. It's too stressful. There are too many, you know, conditions that have to be in place. But... I love a live performance. I, and I also love the way you approach all that. Like, you, you, you're putting yourself out there in terms of, like, a thousand things could go wrong with the jerry-rigged uh, costume, tearaway yeah. costume and, the, you know, and, and the whole thing, like, the reliance on, on, on all that, right? Yeah, a lot goes into those, but those that's, types of that's And then what, there's this sound what, guy scratching his head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that sound man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And afterwards, mm-hmm. he was, like, and I, he, yeah, it was so, it was pretty intense. He, yeah. he was so embarrassed. He's like, but it was also the first time they used this digital um, audio mixer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I guess he said mm-hmm. it was some setting thing. And I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, you know and not- I guess the beauty of getting revenge on the, on the gods of music the day later, if you're on a tour, it's different, right? The day later, you can go out there and kill it. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you're... Yeah, if you're not playing every day, though, it could hurt, really hurt your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's interesting, though, that to hear that you had to... And there was no one to, like... That's the other thing. Like, yeah. when you're on your own on tour, there's no one there to be, like, kind of complain about it in a funny kind of whatever way after. You're or just, inside. At Someone the same time, maybe it. it's a positive yeah. thing. Because yeah. you, then you're just like, whatever, you move on a lot quicker. Like, nothing could have been done. Wow. But, um, but, yeah, <laughs> you have to kind of laugh about those things as well as cry sometimes. I like that. Well, that's, I remember I was like, what do I, oh, what, God. I'm like, da-da. And then I'm like, do I start dancing? I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, huh. And I kind of, the funny thing was before this tour yeah, in my mind, yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, what are all the things that can happen? And what would I do if those things happened? Yeah. But you never know. So it's like, you can't plan for everything. Yeah. And I didn't know. I was like, I jokingly in my mind, I'm like, well, if nothing works, I guess I can do stand up. And I'm like, yeah, but in French, like I don't speak and with a fake German accent. That would mm-hmm. be really hard. Mm-hmm. So like, je suis, uh, I don't even know how I would have done it. Like it was crazy. <laughs> even doing, yeah, I was speaking French with a fake German accent. That was hard enough, let alone joking in another yeah. language. You know what I mean? But I don't know. There's always something you can do. Hopefully. <laughs> now, it might be terrible, but there's something you can do. I could have started people clapping and done a cappella, whatever. Would have been hard. Man, it's yeah. a, and, um, challenging. And you've only, you, have you always toured solo? No, but um, due to like affordability mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's I just so couldn't. so smart. It, yeah. I couldn't break even, let alone make money, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I did tour. I always wanted to bring my band on tour. God, that would have been fun. I got we got to go to we played a show at the Knitting Factory in New York and mm-hmm. played South by Southwest in Austin. I brought them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and little tours in Ontario. Mm-hmm. But I never did across Canada Europe? full band. I never no. did Europe with a band. It would have been cross can- country on, in Canada is really hard with a band yeah. solo, let alone with a band. Yeah, I know. Like, That's yeah, why it's like yeah, I've been yeah. solo, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, it's so great! You can play solo." I'm like, "It is great." It's also sometimes a little lonely, and it's also sometimes fun to improvise. Yeah. And you can't improvise in the same way, of right, course, right. when you're by yourself. Right. It's not or as satisfying. If, or if all Nobody's of your backing your back. tracks disappear, it's like <laughs> it's yes. just yeah. me. Yes. Hi guys, I'm like. Yeah, thankfully, like, I like have me an and my alter instrument. ego, and hopefully one of us gets us out of this. <laughs> exactly. There's two That's of us, awesome. so. 
And that, that's another thing that you said tonight that really uh, I, I found really striking is, yeah, and I would never do it again that way. Like, you know, like looking back, like yeah. I, I feel... You just learn along the way. Yeah, you've well, learned a lot. Eh? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Although, like I said, I'm glad I didn't have the foresight or I might not have done and gone on those adventures. Yeah, yeah. And they're great adventures. They're like... They're like travel shows that you would never, <laughs> ever get to see in any other context. No. Like, ain't no, no, you know, bus tour or, or you yeah. know what I mean? Or like prefab, like the, yeah. you're, you're getting some weirdo named Pink yeah. and you're putting your life in his hands for whatever, right? A month and, and seeing where the fuck he takes you, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, I can awesome. say I've played some of the most surreal yeah. places. Uh, like the, one of the last shows I played in Spain was like in this outdoor I don't even know what you would call it. It was kind of okay. like a courtyard with these beautiful trees and mm-hmm. like a stone kind of, I don't know, walkway around. So you could watch it from a vantage point above mm-hmm. or within these trees. And it was just and near the near the ocean. I mean, it was just the sea. It was crazy. It was just, I don't know. Yeah, and no, then I, I know. And I played at some weird, the weirdest show I'd say I ever yeah. played was yeah. at the, the Diesel Jeans guy. Okay. I was, okay. I was these guys go. saw me play in Milan in 2003 with Kid Koala and remembered me for over a decade and contacted me 10 years later. This is beautiful industry tactics, kids. And I didn't, you I remember. You never know when it comes to roost. No, it's weird. It's like, be definitely tip, be kind and gracious to everyone unless it dicks to you. Yep. Um, and then just treat them with whatever, neutrality or disdain. Yep. Um, but I don't know. This was wild. I, backstage in the show Milan, these guys were like, do you ever play private shows? And I thought they were kind of flirting with me. Like, I didn't tell what they, they were. I didn't speak Italian. They were being very kind of mysterious. I'm like, um, maybe I play private shows? And I was like, you know, you know, uh, Diesel, you know, Renzo Rosso? And I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> Diesel Jeans guy? Yep. Doesn't everyone know the Diesel Jeans guy from the 80s? Um, he has private parties sometimes. <laughs> They're speaking with a German Sorry, yeah, accent, exactly. either Italian. He has a the bunga bunga I can't party. remember. Anyway, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, maybe, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. If, as long as you could afford to you know, fly me over with my you know, manager or whatever. Wow. I made all those conditions wow. up. And they're like, okay, we'll be in touch or something. And I was like, okay, yeah. Never heard from them. Mm. This mm. was in 2003. I get an email. I think it was 2013, actually. It really was a decade later. Okay. In the summertime from some booking agent from Italy, and I was like, I don't recognize the name, I don't know, asking me if I would play an event, if I still play under this name. Yeah. And I was like, mm, sometimes, but not, like, rarely. And I'm definitely not going to Europe anytime soon. And these would be the conditions. And then okay. he came back, he's like, okay. And I'm like, huh? Like, paying for me and a sound person flights, accommodations, plus, like, a grand or something. I kind of made this number up randomly. And then they're like, okay. And I'm like okay, I should ask for more. What was I yeah, thinking? What yeah. is this gig? Yeah. And it turns out it was Renzo Rosso's wow. birthday party, private oh. birthday party oh my God. outside of Venice in, like at the first mansion he bought when he first became a famous jeans guy. Um, and they flew me and my boyfriend at the time there and had someone pick us up at the Venice airport and drive us two and a half hours to this remote village, put us up in this hotel, beautiful hotel, wow. where we had carte blanche. We could order anything at any time from the menu. Like it was like being in a dream. It was yeah. absolutely a dream. And wow. then wow. they they picked us up and drove us to the estate. And I thought it was going to be like Kanye and stuff because there were pictures of Renzo with Kanye West and like okay. I don't know all these famous people like friends with like bon- Boner from U two and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy. Anyway, and um, it ended up it wasn't like there were only a few famous people. There were Italians that I would never have known, like mm-hmm. the famous Italian whatever coffee baron and the fame whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, some you know modern artist, but um, but it was like all of his friends and family like. 500 Italians in this tiny town and it was the most delicious 
oh my god because he has like his own pers- I love Prosecco he has his own Prosecco yeah. vineyard yeah. he had wild oh, berries Jesus. that I've never tasted in these giant metal can- like you could scoop wild berries like you know that you buy at the market $10 for one little bunch it was just it was so lavish of course and yeah. then The place where I changed was insane for my little, like, green room. It was the bungalow beside the mansion. He had a separate party house (laughs) with a disco room that was straight out of, like, Studio 50, whatever it is, right? With the lit-up floors and the mirrored walls and the disco ball. Like, it was, like... That's amazing. It was insane. And they had some Tyrolean dance troupe come in because it was Bavarian-themed. He has different themes every year for his birthday. So that's why they hired me. Chicken came to roost. It was the Fovarian electropop. After the traditional dancing guys and girls. What a gig. And they had giant inflatable pretzels in the Olympic-sized pool floating around. They had, like, it was so weird. It was absolutely amazing. That sounds amazing. So, so that sounds like the best show ever. That was one of the best shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a really Although crazy. technically it was a disaster, too, because of the power adapter. That's the one thing about Italian shows. You have to be clear with exactly oh what you need technically because they often don't have what you need according to my friend who's a sound technician she warned me but i gave them the you know what i needed it wasn't much it was not much i just needed a converter that would convert the power source you listening to this kids they didn't have it they didn't have the one thing i needed so i got there to do the sound check and i couldn't they had a little like non uh, amperage amp whatever you call it converter so it was like plugging into like i'm not it's not a hairdryer like or it is actually like a hairdryer those are powerful things i was like no 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 no. and they spent oh my god i had 10 italian guys all like scratching their heads sweating like oh my gosh oh my gosh like yeah yeah yeah. until like late that night we get this call like he found an adapter okay that will work and i was like because otherwise what would i have done again Again, your gear is your like. They're it's like your ch- wow. it's like your limbs. If you don't have your limbs, you can't operate. You pay attention to that tip, okay? <laughs> play the safe. Chicken play comes smart. to roost, Take and you care. keep your gar close to to home. Take it's care like, of your gar. A, your gar is a is a blow dryer. That's the tip, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> Where are we at with timing? What is one that? hour? Because I feel like you just, oh my God, the Jays just lost, guys. If you're following us in terms of uh, our progression here, you can hear the that Jays Andrew lost. and I, we are deflated souls. <laughs> I was are just you? gonna, I was just gonna say you just hit it out of the park, and then I got depressed. And three three after. weeks ago, we had a yeah. very hopeful interview. Yeah, yeah we did. Here. We what did. do you mean a hopeful interview? Well, it was ve- it was baseball themed oh, partially. Yeah? The, the three crescendo. of us were just geeking out on baseball. Yeah, and- yeah. And and then well the Jays are now out of the playoffs and, and here we are fresh and, and we're we're fine it's, yeah we're okay we're, we're gonna there's do, no wounds to lick no, it's just more no, of like there's a no. hole to fill I can't yeah any baseball analogy bums me out now so yeah. you just hit it out of the park so let's bring it back to you yeah the, the crowd goes the, wild the cricket park yeah the cricket pitch. The cricket pitch. You hit it out of the cricket pitch. And she's peed herself on her way here. Yeah, this has been a delight. Um, it has been a delight. We thank you. Well, thank Indeed. you. We love you. Are we? Um, are you going to play any music at all? Or no, we're, no, not, we'll li- not live. We'll have but, to do that oh. later. But to end it. What do you want to play? I didn't reference anything because I was. I could ref. I mean, every, no, we're still we're still recording. Every so song is a story, right? So I was like wondering what I should pick a tune, set it up. Here we go. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. She's going to set up a tune. It's not the prettiest song I ever wrote. No, nope. it's the grittiest song. Oh, I like that. It's called Hair Baby, and it was written after I had surgery for my. Dermoid cyst and Margaret Atwood wrote a great short story called Hairball that oh, you should check out that is okay. absolutely fantastic and um, 
yeah, lying in bed after surgery after a couple of days, I got really bored. I don't mm-hmm. like lying around doing nothing. So I wrote this song, Hair Baby, and it's kind of like a garage rock and roll, I don't know, song about dermoid cysts. And it's going out to all those suffering from weird things, growths in their bodies. Man, thank you for coming. Thank <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for coming and sharing. <laughs> that was Canadiana, a weird literary, surrealist. Oh, beautiful. I don't know what else to say. Thanks for having me, guys. We love you. Goodbye. Love you too. Goodbye. Goodbye.